Welcome into a new episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. And my name is John. And uh, John, two things. This is episode number 31, which everyone yes. can read and see that. But more importantly, Correct. I'm sure our listeners, either the ones that have been listening this whole time, or even maybe our new ones, they may not yes. know that today marks our one-year anniversary. One year, man. How crazy is that? When we started this thing, it was just a pipe dream, if you will. Uh, one of my whirling nodes of transient thought that yep. I had um, that we um, just kind of fleshed out. And here we are a year later, man. We yeah, have come yeah. a long way. Yeah, John is is the quintessential idea man. Whenever I think about John and, and then I think about idea man, I think about wedding crashers. Uh, that, when, that's when, me, yeah, man. Yeah, he's just like, man, I'm an idea man. <laughs> I'm you're an stifling, idea man. You're stifling yeah. my energy. Like, so, so listen, yeah. I don't ever stifle John's energy. If he's got ideas, I just let him flow, man. Cause yeah, he, you he calls himself let... a conduit, and he literally is a conduit. I, you know, I, I, these these, these uh, creative uh, um, transfers of data just kind of uh, comes to me um, throughout the day, throughout the week, and um, when we first started this thing, it literally wasn't, I didn't even know what I wanted to do necessarily. I didn't know if it was something, uh, that would be best suited in the form of a YouTube channel. You know what I mean? Like we kind of really had to figure out what was the best vehicle and the podcast was just, it, it was the perfect way for us to bring out our ideas and yep. talk about stuff that, you know, we think people want to want to hear us talk about. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the way it did start. Um, probably I can remember at this point, not knowing, obviously, ahead, like looking back, I, I wish right. I had the conversations, the text messages and stuff. So John hits me up one day and when he's got a really good idea and he knows it, you guys should hear the tone of his voice because he oh, calls man. me up and he's got this idea <laughs> yeah. for a YouTube channel. And I was like, man, that would be cool. And like, we started talking through all, I mean, all of it. Like we had yep. segments yep. figured out. We yep. had this yep. and that. We had other YouTube channels we were looking at for inspiration. Yep. yep. But see, here's the thing. John and I, at the time, John and I weren't playing full time together. And Correct. John was in a band that was that was doing a lot of stuff, not just locally, but they were traveling. Yep. Um, and so with our families, with his schedule, with my schedule, um, you know, at that time, let's see, I was, I was still traveling about two hours. The church I was playing at had me driving two hours for rehearsals, two hours. Mm -hmm. I broke that off. So, so yep. we started looking at the schedules and we're like, man, like my schedule versus your schedule, family versus music. Mm -hmm. How would we make this happen? Cause I mean, if you do a video, you physically have to be together. Yeah, um, exactly. So that and was... there's, there's a ton of stuff into that. Like you have to figure out the lighting and the audio and then the content mm -hmm. and you've got mm -hmm. to find all the gear and like, are we going to do gear reviews? Yeah. Lots we're moving parts there was so Lots many moving, moving parts. parts so we built it up for like what a month yeah i think it was like a least. month good yeah good four or five weeks and so as we started talking about the scheduling it felt like well this is not going to work out like it's just going to be a really hard thing to yep. do yeah so i'm a i'm a huge fan of of gary v you guys should definitely be on the gary v yeah, train if you're not absolutely absolutely and so I, I started reading this book by gary v um and the more I read the book and the more I watched this guy, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. He started talking about how audio in any form 
is the next thing. Even though podcasts have been around for a long time, actually in the last couple of years is when they really started exploding. Yes, I agree with that for sure. And that's the thing. And, and, and what's so funny about it is, you know, I'm a huge Joe Rogan podcast fan, but I would not necessarily listen to the podcast. I would watch his podcast on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, because I liked I like to see the interaction between him and his guests, right. you know, especially if he had some of like these, you know, like Bob Lazar type guys who are right. like working Eric just to kind of, you know, because Joe Rogan has a really good bullshit meter and like, mm. I'd like to see, you know, it helps me uh, determine somebody's bullshit. If I can see how he's judging, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just looking at his body language and stuff like that. So like literally the answer is right in front of my face the whole yeah. time. It's like, we need to be yeah. doing a podcast. Yeah. So I call, I call John and it, we were on the same page where I was like, Hey, what if we took all this, everything we've been doing? Cause we could feel that like the YouTube thing was probably not going to work right now. Right. And right. We, I, I was disappointed. I think John was disappointed. And I was like, what if we did a podcast? And it was like, he was like, dude, I was thinking the same thing. It was like, mm-hmm. we were on the same track. It's like, dude, we, we consumed so much podcasting. Like, yeah, the yep. answer was right in, right in front of our faces. Right. It, it really was. And once we kind of figured out that that's the vehicle we were going to travel in, it was literally, okay, well, how, what do we need to do? Like, well, we, we need to get on, you know, let's, mm-hmm. you know, we'll use the, our phones, uh, to capture the audio and, you know, get up on Apple podcasts and away we went, you know away what I mean? Went. Yeah. And I hear uh, a lot of people, they, 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 you've heard the stories too. They're, these guys oh, yeah. are like, man, I've got these ideas for a podcast and I just don't know how to start. And really, dude, the only way to start is just to start. You've got to just start, you know, yeah. and, and, and you, we, we're, we're fortunate that we live in an age to where information is at your fingertips. Yes. It's, you it's can right literally Google anything and get uh, the answers you're, you're seeking for the yep. most part, right? Yep. yep. Um, so um, the first part of the, the challenge um, literally was um, just kind of, you know, uh, I guess figuring out our, our niche, how we were going to format our podcasts. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's, evolved as we've gone down the road here but the the first step is just to take the step right you right. got to figure right. out how to what you need to do and it's really not that difficult i mean honestly you know um you being my best good friend and you having the technological savviness that you have um i'm not quite as technological savvy as you are but honestly like if i had to do this like by myself, I could have done. I mean, it's that easy. Not not to minimize what you've done for us, but you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's not that well, no, difficult. I, you know th- what I'm this saying. Is, this is why it works really well for John and I because I have a lot of ideas. But what happens is like I overthink things. Like you know, uh, I think yeah, a lot I mean, of artists do that. Sure. You know, you kind of yep. overthink stuff. You're like, okay, this is a great idea, and then you really think and think and think, and then before you know it, you've talked yourself out of it. Yep. So I work better when people throw ideas at me and like John sees it happen. Like he'll be like, Hey, why don't we talk about this? And it might be just a paragraph of information. And before long, like 10 minutes, we've got an episode fleshed out because I'm like, okay, we'll do this here and we'll do this here and we'll do this here. I've got it organized. But I mean, without the idea, the organization wouldn't happen without, you know, the idea has to be like the birth of how it happens. Like from, from recording to, 
you know, software from software mm-hmm. to hosting from hosting to uploading and mm-hmm. then going out there and promoting it. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a component that we all have, but it, it, this is why John, like I say, it works, works well for us because, you know, he's, he's got ideas that he, he puts out there. And what's interesting is they, they come to him and he just jots them down. He doesn't overthink yep. them. Right. Nope. And I, that's the other, I think, lesson in this is that if you're going to do it, a right, take the first step, take the initiative, find the way to do it. Yep. But don't overthink your content because no, there, I promise don't. you, yeah. there is an audience out there that wants to hear what you have to say. I mean, even if it's yeah. super random, I've seen some really crazy random podcast come up. Yeah, absolutely. There's an audience. Absolutely. Yep, there is, man. And that's that's basically, you know, and it took me um, a little bit of, um, you know, I guess time to kind of figure out how to um, extrapolate my ideas. And when these things would come to me, um, it it would literally, uh, it, it was just like a switch. You know, I'd be in the car, um, I'd be listening to music or something and literally it would come to me and I'd be like, Oh my God, I need to write that down. And as opposed to when I was like purposely sitting in a room like, okay, I need to come up with an idea like that usually is not good for me. Like just, just, I, I just completely random parts of my day. I would get these, you know, nodes of inspiration Mm-hmm. And those seem to work the best for our topics for our podcast. So totally could agree with 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 what you're saying is don't overthink your 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 content. You know, if it's if you feel that it's something that you want to discuss, then probably other people want to hear what you have to say about it as well, especially um, with us. You know, you know, we you know, us being musicians, we kind of know what, you know, people in the, in the, in the, in the business are, are wanting to hear and what they don't want to hear. And it's funny because you and I talk about this all the time and, you know, most musicians, when they're hanging out outside of the gig, before the gig, after the gig, they ain't talking about string gauges or do you use five B's or five, eight, like none of like, yeah. Nobody's talking about that crap, dude. Like you're just, you're shooting the shit, you know, you're talking about, you know, everyday, you know, life stuff, you know what I mean? Um, Well, I think that we should probably pause there and maybe you guys, if you've been listening to us either from the beginning or maybe even just 10 or 15 episodes in, um, you could see that there was a dramatic shift in kind of how content worked for us from about episode 15, 16, maybe 17, somewhere in there, yep. where yep. there were some very structured formats, which I think mm-hmm. were useful, definitely yeah. useful for someone that's a beginner yeah, uh, or maybe an intermediate player. But right. our whole mission statement starts with a podcast for the working musician by the working musician. So mm-hmm. we want to speak directly to working musicians in whatever capacity, whether you're a weekend player, if you feel that mm-hmm. you're an intermediate player, if you feel like you're a professional, whatever, whatever it is, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like John said, we're not going to, we're not going to talk to you about networking. We're not going to talk to you about string gauges or genres as much anymore. We've done that. We're going to talk to you yep. as if you and I, got contracted for a gig. John yep. and I've been there. 
You show up, you get on the tour bus, and you don't know really anybody on that bus. The first thing yep. I'm going to do when I sit down next to the bass players, introduce myself. And before long, we're probably going to be talking about sports or TV shows we like. Yep. I'm yep. definitely not going to ask him about like what kind of pickups are in his bass. And he's not going to yeah. ask me what kind of bass drum pedal I play. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is stuff that feels rudimentary. But when John and I started thinking through it, we're like, hang on. So I would say that if anyone's going to... If you put content out there, think about the audience you're talking to. There's a, yeah, there's absolutely. A, there's a way to think about it, like try to reverse engineer it. Yep. yep think of your good. customer as like an avatar. If you guys have played yep. games before, especially like RPG games, like you have to create an avatar, right? So your avatar yep. is your customer. And if that mm-hmm. customer, that's the person, you know, even name that person, whatever. Maybe the guy's name's John. Maybe it's Kevin. Who cares? But think about your customer first and then mm-hmm. go, all right, how am I going to craft my ideas into fleshed out episodes and you guys, mm-hmm. can, you, you can totally do it. But that's, that's what John and I've done. And, and it's, it's worked well over, especially over the last like four months. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and just to kind of, you know, circle back to, you know, we spent, you know, probably the first, you know, four or five months, you know, just getting on a musical soapbox, if you will, kind of yeah, laying out, we did, you know, just laying out, um, you know, how, we um, approach gigs, how we approach rehearsing, how we network, all that stuff. But, you know, most of the of the working class musicians, they've already have a grasping and understanding of how all that stuff works. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's to the point to where, you know, we're in this thing for a year. You know, people feel like our audience kind of knows where we are, where we're at, where we stand as a musician. They want to hear just our content, what, what's going on in our heads, right? Right, Like what, what's, what's, um, you know, what's the soup du jour, if you will, uh, for, for us. And that's, that's kind of, you know, what we're going to be doing going forward. And, you know, we're going to be trying to lock down some more interviews with different musicians. Cause I think that's another thing that people like is they like to hear, you know, us interview people. Absolutely. Right? Well, I mean, when you, you know? bring someone in that you can interview, um, you know, which we've, we've done a couple of interviews now, and um, it gives you a different perspective. You it know? does. It, it really because, does. Because obviously we've all experienced, um, you know, from our platform being a, a working musician in a different way. And that, I think, is one of the greatest things is when you, you do meet someone new, whether it be through an interview on a podcast or whatever, you get that perspective that makes you go, yes, I agree with that. Or yes, I align with that. And it's, it's such a refreshing thing. I think that's what's awesome about the podcast medium is that you, you feel that you can connect because all you have to do is figure out like, okay, what, what topic do I want to talk about or what topic do I want to listen to? And you're bound to find something that you click with. Yeah, absolutely. Because that, that's, that's, that's the end game there because God knows there's already people on YouTube that are doing gear reviews that are talking about, you know, just from the guitar world, you know, what, what are the top five overdrive pedals or, you know, tips and tricks for using delays. And like, there's people that do that. Like, that's not something that honestly, a working musician, in my opinion, a professional musician, um, they already know that stuff, man. But even if they don't know it, like you said, that's already out there. So be careful, you know, like what John and I wanted to be careful to not create something that steps on or wades into the same waters, you know, like gear reviews and stuff like that. Like totally. We to come up with different stuff. So, you know, obviously things will 
progress and you will evolve. And that's what we've done. So um, after a year, I'm proud of, of where we've, we've, we've arrived and I'm really proud for the future. I know John and I have talked about bringing in um, more interviews. Yes. With different people. And, and, you know, maybe that's not musicians. Maybe that's just people that, you know, could yeah, be a tour I mean, manager or a band right. manager or, you know, the guy that's, you know, just in the background that hardly helps with it, like stagehand. Like, you know exactly. what I mean? Like these, are, and, these are working people in the same right. industry. Cor- correct. And something that I was supposed to tell you about, but I didn't, but oh. what a better time. But like, I have a friend of mine that, um, that uh, I work with at my day job. He is a photographer and he photographer, he does photography you know, for bands and stuff. Correct. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of you people who are musicians may be amateur photographers and that's another great avenue uh, to keep yourself in a networked circle is, you yep. know, going out and doing headshots of bands and videoing live performances, man. Like yep. that's, you know, a lot of these, uh, up and coming artists or bands, man, like that's just as important as your music, man, as the content on your website or your social media, like that's important, you know, your image, man. And, yep. you know, um, so we have uh, a gentleman that, um, who has been, been doing that, that, uh, um, kind of, you know, he found out about my podcast and, you know, he was like, dude, I did, had no idea you're doing that, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you know, I, you know, I, I do, um, videography and photograph bands and stuff. And he was like, he kind of, you know, invited himself, but obviously, honestly, it was, it was welcomed on my end. I was like, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. I would, you know, love to kind of get your perspective on, um, how you go about your business and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, because that's just another avenue, uh, that might, uh, might interest some of our listeners, but yeah, just, but like you said, we're going to, you know, um, be, be more of, of, um, you know, just content oriented and just kind of talking about stuff that's on, on our brains, if you will, and yeah. less soapboxy stuff, because yeah. you guys, you know, we don't need to do, we don't need to browbeat you guys with, um, you know, showing up early to a gig and making sure like you should already know that crap at this point, you know what I mean? Stuff. Well, the, 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 you know, moving on this, this, um, this next year is going to be pretty huge. John and I are working with uh, a couple people to get some uh, merchandise out there, uh, t-shirts, hopefully hats, stickers. Uh, you guys have seen our new logo and, uh, we like it a lot. We think it's marketable. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to we're going to be running some stuff in the future definitely keep an eye on social media um some contest for free merchandise you guys will see it you know first come um check out our social media links for Twitter and Instagram uh, Facebook they're all out there they're on our uh, they're on our host yep. site um so uh we're just excited for a year man it's it's been great and and I think back now the the first episode was recorded in a hotel room Yep. John and I had just finished a gig. You may have heard this yep. story, but definitely go back and listen to episode one and understand yes. that we both think it's cringeworthy in some oh, ways. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. But you know yep. what, man? That's, that's, we started, that's, we started, that's, you know, we that just was had to the, do it. that's it. That's, and, and I think anything, <clears throat> um, um, anything that you, um, anything that's new or, you know, if you're trying to change your jobs or you're scared about, you know, like you just have to take that leap of faith sometimes, man, and just do it. Don't don't sit there and and, and just revel in the what ifs and, and ifs and buts. You know, yeah. don't be a 
if and buts, be a doer, yep. right? Yep. I mean, I, I think about like when we, when we launched, we wanted to have enough content where it was, you know, immersible in a way you want to immerse yourself a little bit, not just release like one episode. So we recorded yep. five episodes. And I remember once I got to editing the fourth and the fifth one, and then yeah. going back and listening to that first one, I remember asking John, I was like, we might need to redo this episode because it <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound great. We recorded this thing. It's hot garbage. Yeah, the yeah. freaking AC the is AC, just yeah, the AC. in the background. <laughs> but, you know, uh, here we are a year later, and you know what? I'm glad that episode exists because we can a- say, absolutely. dude, we started this thing, and we started it in a hotel room on a microphone plugged into an iPhone, mm-hmm. and there it is. You know, that, that was our start. And, yep. man, I'm proud of it, man. One year. One year, John. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, we've um, – as we've been doing this podcast, you know, I've learned uh, a lot of stuff about music, uh, music business, I should say, that I didn't necessarily, you know, hip to, especially last episode when we did uh, talked about the Nielsen uh, report that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, music is all, to me, um, it's evolved into streamings and likes. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is, man. It's likes. It's retweets. It's yep. it's streaming. That's all it you is. Know, like um, on demand and like gimme, gimme, gimme now. I mean, you can you can look at that in two ways. You could say, well, the generation wants what they want when they want it, but we we can't be upset about that. Like no, social I mean, media just... and smartphones and iPads, like it's enabled these kids. So mm-hmm. yep, we we didn't get to choose the time we grew up in. Uh, they're not choosing the times they get to grow up in. And, and of right. course, you're going to leverage the things that you have available, that you have disposable. I mean, y- why would you not say, hey, I want to hear this song right now on YouTube? When we were kids, if we could have like said, hey, MTV, play that video again, like we would have done it. Yeah, totally. Right? And, and and I think a, a good um, kind of juxtaposition of that is like you and I, when we were coming up, um, we were like, we want to be in a band. We want to be arena rock stars. We want to be on a ma- <laughs> we want to be on a major label artist, uh, playing for a major label artist, and yep. do all the studio stuff. And now it's I want to have a million streams on my YouTube channel, or right. Right. I want to have two hundred fifty followers on my Instagram. Yeah, because or I want to record- get that. Or I want to get that hundred thousand subscriber plaque from YouTube. Like you exactly. know what I mean? Like those are accomplishments now in the in the music business. It really is. Right. It, it, getting a record deal is not is not the the end game anymore. Like Mm-mm. if you get a record deal, if you're some young up and coming artist, uh, we'll just use the country genre. And let's say this A and R guy comes out and he thinks that, like you're the the next Luke Combs or Luke Bryan or whatever. And they're going to offer you a deal. And if you don't know the business and, and, and have your, your, your stuff together, that could literally be career suicide for you. Yeah. Because they're going to throw you half a million dollars to record your record. Um, they're going to have assigned some A&R guy that got his degree at freaking Cornell university <laughs> and freaking like, well, those you guys know, think more marketing. of the business. Yeah, they think more of the business and marketing mind than they do a music mind. And, right. You know, it's, so it, it's, it is what it is. It's it's just it. it I guess my, the point I'm trying to make is that the the business model for being a musician has has changed 180 degrees. Yes. Yes. As um, like you said, the the Nielsen thing definitely pointed that out. You either have to embrace it, or you can you know be 
self-loathing, I guess, and, and, and yeah, be upset because yeah. that's where it's at. And it's, it's never going to go back to the old ways. Just be okay with that. Like yeah, figure out it, how to use what is, is today and you can be successful. You can find success. Yeah. And, um, just to kind of, another example is, um, the, uh, the black keys guys, um, did a podcast with, with Joe Rogan and they were talking about, you know, record deals basically being a death nail in your coffin because Joe asked the question, um, and he does, he does a really good job of, of bringing all this to light when he interviews musicians, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of them are super successful, uh, long, uh, longevity type bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy from the black keys pretty much was said what I've always said. It's like, don't go to the music labels, let them come to you. Right. Right. Then you, you have the power, then you have the leverage, you have the leverage, you have the power. Um, because what they're going to do is, is they're going to turn you into something that they think is marketable and, and successful. And if you don't have a quote unquote single that's radio ready, they're going to shelf you. Mm-hmm. There's no more, there's but not, they time still, for, they shelf you and they still own you. So and now they, still own now you. they put and, you in a box and you have to repay that upfront money that they loaned you to record your first record and to pay for your band and to pay for your tour and your, yep. and your, and the lease yep. on the bus. Like, you and if you want to, wanna, if you want to get out of that contract, the legal battle plus money again, yeah, man, the, the music industry, as we think about it, is not the same. Like the, the whole get signed, don't get signed. Like just, no, just, yeah, just I mean, honestly, work, don't work your thing, whether it's, you know, whatever build, kind of music and just yep. build, build that, that, what do they call it? Grassroots. You know? Yeah. Do it grassroots style, build your fan base up tour, you know, um, tour around the area that you're, you know, that you're in, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, as we talked about in an earlier podcast, if you're in freaking Des Moines, Iowa, then you probably need to get outside of Des Moines, Iowa and go to Nashville or Georgia or, yep. you know, a musical hotbed yep. um, to, you know, expand your audience to get your get yourself out there. But you do not need to sign a record deal to be successful anymore. Like record deals are not are not the end game anymore. You yep. know, they yep. they are literally a. It's the beginning of the end. Yep. It is. You know, I've, uh, there's, I don't want to name any names, but there is a particular gentleman that, um, that was just signed to a label, um, that is from the same town that, um, the artist Joe Hall that we play for, um, he's from the same town. We played the same kind of gigs and he just got signed to a deal um, and I'm just like, I see the same kind of things that happen to other artists that are starting to happen to him that were signed to a, a mm-hmm. label, mm-hmm. quote unquote label, yeah. quote unquote label. You know, they're trying to fit them in a box. They're trying to throw all this music up against the wall and hope, hopefully something sticks and it's just going to be it's like a dog chasing its tail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, the guy's talented. He's a great singer. Uh, he plays guitar, you know, he's, he's, he's talented and all that stuff, but man, like it just, you can't, um, you can't put your eggs in a, a basket of, we're just going to record demos and write songs and hopefully something will come out of it. 
Right. You know, hopefully yeah. they'll we'll find a, a hit single. It's like, no, you need to like develop yourself, you know, get a fan base. That's a whole, um, that's a whole lot of what if. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So a record label is not going to give you a million streams on your YouTube channel or give you 250 followers on your Instagram. Like you have to you have to cultivate that. That's yep. the word I'm looking for, Chris. Yep. That has to be cultivated over time. That's what I was about to say. And just, just let's just keep in mind that even though the generation right now is the gimme, gimme, I want it right now fast, unfortunately, you can't apply that same mentality to building a fan base. Even though you can use all the tools to your disposal, it does take time. Like John says, it takes that time put in, whether that be two, five, or ten years, you've got to work that and you got to stay consistent with it. Because if you if you apply that like instant gratification, you know, it's it's not it's, it still doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. And I think that that's that's really where you have to get your mindset in as a you know, if you're an artist a singer songwriter artist um, is you've got to go out and play shows, man. You have got to develop a fan base and get people to um, follow you on your, on your socials and come out to shows and buy merch and cultivate that to where it is eye opening for record labels. And when they see that, they're mm-hmm. like, wow, we need to get this guy on our roster. Right. So if they come to you, the deal that they're going to offer you, you're going to be in such a better position. Yep. You're going to be in such a, the leverage, you yep. know, that you're going to yep. have. And that's something that the Black Keys guys were saying. It's like when they first were getting, getting started, you know, and they were getting a little bit of traction, but they were touring, like literally they would drive. You know, they would drive eight hours to a show to make a hundred bucks, but they were doing it in front. They were opening up for, you know, major label artists and record labels would be like, yep, we're going to send you a deal. We're going to send you next week. It's coming. So check your emails. (laughs) And of course, they've never come. So they were saying they'd reach back out and the record labels would say, oh, yeah, what's coming? We're, you know, and eventually, you know, they did that song and dance enough to where they were like, you know what? we, you know, screw this. We're going to do what we're doing. We're going to continue to build, cultivate our fan base, write songs and, and be a band and do that thing until, you know, and I think it was like, you know, eight years later, mm-hmm. you know, they got signed to a major label. And there you go. Just that persistence, they, obviously, you know, they, yeah. they decided to push through that and stay committed and it paid off for them. Exactly. So that's the key to anything is persistence. And to tie it back into our podcast, um, I think that that's exactly the same kind of persistence that you have to have with anything that you're doing is is be um, just be persistent, man, and be disciplined about your 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 band. Uh, be disciplined about your podcast. Be persistent. Yeah. Um, and make sure that you're um, not just following, you know, what everybody else has done, because that's not necessarily going to be the right path for you. But the key to anything is just to most things is persistence. Yeah. And I think the other thing that, that's really taught John and I something over this last year is just to believe in what you're doing. Yeah. You know, like just say, to, man. you know, this is what we're doing. This is what we've carved out. This is what we 
we just stand by it and we believe in it. And, you know, you just go, go with, go with that confidence and just, you just put it out there, man. And, and, and yeah, like John said way earlier in the episode, I mean, the way the internet is, not only can you find the information you need to get started, but you can also find the information that keeps you motivated. Yeah, um, absolutely. So. And and that's constantly what you and I do, you know, when we're doing market research on the internet, man, like there's tons of inspiring things out there that keeps the creative wheel spinning or keeps everything in a um, constant state of, okay, we've got, we've got to persi- be persistent. We got to keep yep. this thing moving, keep pushing, yeah, uh, keep pushing. So, um, <laughs> Just super grateful for all the subscribers and everybody that's downloaded our podcast. You know, this has been super just um, it fills my heart with joy being able to do this and that we've been able to do this for a year. Yep. Um, We literally are just getting started with this. We've got some big, big lofty uh, things that we're trying to accomplish going into the next year. Uh, like Chris was saying, we we're working with some companies to try to get some merch out. We're going to be doing some giveaways. We're going to be doing more interviews. Um, make sure that you're following us on all the social medias, on the Instagrams, on the Facebooks, all that stuff. Um, and give us your feedback. You know, if there's something you want us to talk about, or if you want to get our two cents on something, feel free to reach out to us on the socials and yep. let us know what you're thinking. And we will definitely, um, we will, we will address it. And, um, we are open to any and all suggestions. And, um, we just can't thank everybody enough for, for allowing us to keep doing this and for you guys to listen, because ultimately yep. that's what we're doing this for is for, for you guys out in the podcasting world. So as long as you guys are still downloading, we'll continue to kick out, uh, kick out the content. That's it, man. Yeah. If you've ever subscribed, if you've downloaded, if you've commented, if you've shared, if you've engaged with us on social media, we really appreciate it. Uh, John, one year in the books, man. I'm looking forward to the next one. One year in the books, man. Unbelievable, man. Just super grateful that you and I are, uh, we're able to do this together, man. I wouldn't want to do this with any other person in the world. That is for sure, man. Like Ditto. this is, this is something that, uh, you know, we will, uh, I, I can't wait to get another year down the road and f- for us to have our two year anniversary episode <laughs> to see how things have evolved. And I can't wait to see what unfolds, man. Yeah, man. Really it's going to be awesome. Well, oh, yeah. let's move on to, uh, to our, our, our newest and not so new and newest and, and honestly favorite segment that we do called oh, what, yes. what makes that song great. Uh, what's cool is that some of the songs we've been featuring over the last few weeks, we're actually getting feedback from people. They're like, man, that song is great. I've never heard of that band. I've never heard of that song. And, uh, it's kind of cool to be able to expose people to music. It's really, really a, a fun way to, uh, interact. Yeah, it really is. I think it uh, gets people's uh, antennas up. Uh, I think they look forward to what we're going to bring to them. What kind of what kind of new and exciting musical um, uh, tidbits that we're going to be hitting them with. And I have a feeling this particular band is going to. Um, not a lot of people probably are are hip to these guys, Chris. Yeah, I mean. And rightly so, um, yeah, because they, yeah, they, they weren't around for a very long time. So, so the band that we're we're speaking of this this week's uh, "What Makes That Song Great" artist is a band called Silvertide. 
Correct. Silvertide from North Philly. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, not a whole lot of rock bands coming out of Philadelphia area. Yeah, I was about um, to say, as I, a rock band, it's definitely don't, you don't see that in, out of that uh, out of that state very much. Yeah. So I got turned on to this band back in 2008 when I was working at the music store. Um, uh, a good friend of mine, shout out Matt Hudson, uh, Matty Fat Sacks. <laughs> uh, the dude had like he looked like a just like an old kind of hippie, but had like that, just like a, his voice was made for radio. Mm. Just awesome voice. And he, people would call the music store and he would just be like, Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, <laughs> just, just a killer guy. So anyway, shout out to Matt Hudson. He turned me on to this band. He was like, dude, um, uh, not to get off too much, but I was over in the corner playing a new amp that came in the store and I was playing some, I think it was some kind of black crows riff. And he was like, dude, if you, he was like, that's killer. If you, you, you're, you're definitely going to like these guys they are called silver tide. Look mm. them up. So this was in 2008 and this was right kind of in, you know, I was still, you know, in my black crows kind of government mule kind of, you know, rock phase. So, um, as soon as I heard the first track, on that on this record which was show and tell the name of the song that we are going to be um talking about is called fsc, FSC. Uh, which, sta- <laughs> F, uh, which stands for so effing crazy um, nice. um uh, i will keep it clean for for the kids out there but man this was the first song that he played for me and i was hooked immediately so um this one is Sort of a little different from the model. Uh, it actually starts off with the hook. Right. Um, and then comes in, what do you know, a killer guitar riff, <laughs> right? Immediately right. follows this You can't go wrong guitar. with the hook and the guitar riff at the front. Yeah. So, um, and it's just meat and potatoes rock and roll, man. It yep. really is. It is just... No, they don't hold any, you know, it's not this pretentious. I mean, it is just the best way I could describe it is just super meat and potatoes. Um, and the fact that it was mixed by Kevin Shirley, I don't know if you guys out there are familiar with his work, but I'm sure um, once we um, kind of give you some of his credits. Um, I do believe he did all the stuff for dream theater. Chris, is that correct? Uh, A lot of, a lot of early dream theater for sure. He's definitely been involved in their, in their progress. Um, you know, he's also, uh, does all the Joe Bonamassa stuff and it's just the, the, the guitars are just massive. It is literally, um, the perfect wall of guitar noise for me. It is just the fidelity of the guitars, it is, I just love it, man. I mean, that's, you know, when I, when I'm listening to a rock band, the first thing obviously that I want to massage my ears is the mix of the guitars. Yep. Like yep. what, what does the wall of guitar hit my, hit my eardrums? Like, how does it affect me? And man, if this thing just comes in with the hook and the guitar riff, and then right into the verse, dude, just super, super awesome pocket, super great groove. Um, um, 
unfortunately, these guys really were kind of a flash in the pan, honestly, man. I think they they had a little EP in 2003, and they came out with Show and Tell in 2004. Mm-hmm. And, man, that was pretty much about it for those guys, man. They didn't really come out with – I don't think they did another record uh, after after that. Um it, it, it's super sad, man. And, and it just goes to show you, um, I think that they were just a victim of the time. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, the music the, industry the, was going through a hard time in 2004, early two thousands was when the shift from CD sales to Napster and, and, and yep. digital sales, that was the time. And from like probably 2002 to 2005 or six, the industry was trying to figure itself out. So any bands that were trying to break at that time, it was hard. They could kind of swallowed up. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what happened to those guys, man. They just kind of were a victim of the times, man. They didn't really get the, you know, either the push from the record label or the record label didn't really know what to do with them. And the, they just got passed by. But at any rate, the album show and tell is it literally from start to finish. It is one of those records to where, and when I was traveling to Nashville, um, and I remember playing this stuff for you, like this was one of the records that I would listen to because I could listen to it from start to finish. Like yeah. everything on the record was just kick ass, man. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, the, the vocals, um, you know, the, just the, the overall fidelity of the, of the record was just amazing, man. Like, oh my God, it was that, that's that you can't, um, you know, you cannot, the, just the sonic qualities of it really got me, got me hooked. And, um, um, it's, it's a, it's it's kind of sad because these guys really were super talented, man. I don't understand how a, a record label couldn't make these guys just huge. Yeah. Um, well, they probably but, could these days. I mean, we're talking to yeah, these four. Right, you right, had, sure. You, you had 15 years to it, and the industry's a lot different. Um, it could happen these days, especially with the way streaming is and things like that. But um, it just goes to show that you know the industry as as evolution takes place, like. You know, think about 2004 to 2019, like how mm-hmm. the industries had to shift and change the way they do business. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, this band am- amongst probably hundreds, if not thousands of others have kind of had to be a part of that shifting progress and they just fell off maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, and they were, uh, I mean, they were touring, they were opening up for like Van Halen, Revolver, Motley Crue and Alter Bridge and you know, they played on Jimmy Kimball, I think in 2005, um, their single Blue Jeans, um, which is another great song. Um, you know, one of their songs was featured in, in uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Lady in the Water movie. Um, so they kind of were, you know, they had their, their 15 seconds, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just a really good rock record, man. And there weren't a whole lot of those coming out in 2004 Mm-mm. um just a kick-ass rock band so not to get too far off off into a tangent but um if you guys are looking for just good unadulterated meat and potatoes rock and roll uh, walt lafty is the front man for the band um just an amazing voice yeah uh, cross between 
um, the singer from Buck Cherry and Chris Robinson from Black Crows kind of put them together and they had a baby and you get Walt Lafty. That's mm. his vocal. I mean, just super can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. But, um, uh, FSC, um, is just one of those meat potatoes, rock and roll songs, man. Great guitars, killer pocket. Um, um, just a really awesome rock and roll song. And, I can't stress enough to get the record. I mean, it is start to finish, just kick ass, man. Every track is just, you don't have to hit skip. You know, you can literally listen to it from start to finish and be fulfilled. That's amazing. If you will. Can't say that these days. No, you cannot. It's just, um, you know, putting a record together from start to finish that is enjoyable every song it's it's hard, man. I don't. I mean, listening even like listening to new stuff, man. Uh, newer rock bands, quote unquote, like that's few and far between. You know, mm-hmm. there are three or four songs on there that are, that'd be good, but like literally listening to it from start to finish, I can't name something that I've done that, been able to do that with. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. Well, you guys give it a so, listen. Uh, Silver yep. Tide, awesome band. Check out the album. Check out the song. And uh, yeah, I think we've we've maybe exposed a. I suppose the new band to a new audience. Yeah, or absolutely. An old band, an old, old band to a new audience. Sorry, old band to an, a new audience. Yeah. Uh, no, big shout out to Matt Hudson, fantastic Matt Hudson, <laughs> uh, for turning me on to this back in the day, and definitely go check it out. Uh, let us know if you like it, um, and um, if you don't, you're crazy because it's freaking awesome. So, uh, with that being said, uh, one year in the books, Chris. One year, uh, dude. Pump for uh, pump for year two. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, Everybody, um, please uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Let everybody know. uh, Stay tuned for, um, hopefully, we're going to get this merch thing uh, situated, and we will be able to uh, roll out these um, shirts and hats and koozies and all this other crap we're trying to get get done. We're super pumped about that. And um, stay tuned for uh, the big things coming up on the GNP podcast. Yeah, man. We're going to be going to be featuring a lot of cool uh, interviews, uh, like John said, merchandise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, keep your eyes on the social media. I think we're going to run a contest around some merch. So it's all coming, man. We're excited. Uh, one year in the books. Uh, thankful again for all you guys. Absolutely. Couldn't do it without, uh, without the uh, listeners out there. So continue to download and listen, and uh, we will continue to do what we do, Chris. That's it. Well, John, I think this uh, puts a bow on it, man. Let's get out of here, man. And we are out.